Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Hey YA, a book riot podcast covering young adult literature from great new books to favorite classic reads, from new stories to the latest in on-screen adaptations. Hey YA is here to elevate the exciting world of young adult lit. I'm your host, Erica Ezefetti, and I'm here today with someone a little different. We're mixing it up. We're keeping it cute. I'm here today with managing editor, Vanessa Diaz. Hi, Vanessa. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. I love pretending like we didn't just talk for 15 minutes whenever I jump on a podcast. <laughs> it's my favorite thing. Um. <laughs> it's so much fun. Like, oh my God, how, how, did, you, did you just come in? Like, how are you? It's great. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 you know, you always got to do a little bit of a little banty banter in the beginning, which is, you know, it's fun. Well, bantery banter. Yeah. So it's, uh, we have an exciting show today. You know, we're going to be talking about black, white books. First, a little news and a bit of an announcement, you know? Yeah, I just really quickly want to obviously call out that, you know, today our regular host, Tirza Price, isn't on the show. And that's because Tirza has moved on from Book Riot. Her last show uh, was the one that went up last week. She stole one of the books I was going to talk about today, but that's okay. Um, spread, <laughs> spread the love. But no, we yes. wish her all the best. She was uh, with Book Riot for a long time. She was a contribu- mm-hmm. contributor and contributing editor for, I think, eight years um, That's wild. So yeah, going Amazing. on to do more stuff. Make sure you go read her really, really great books. The Pride and Prejudice ser- uh, remix that she does is so good. And I think it's now in its like third or fourth um, mm-hmm. iteration. Yeah, she's she oh, she's something doing... new coming out later yeah. this year, I think. Oh, so much, so much fun. Pride and Premeditation is the first one, hopping. I think. Yes, yeah. Pride and Premeditations, yeah. Of course, I was on the spot like, oh my gosh, I can't remember the book name. But anyway, we, we <laughs> miss, wish her all the best uh, and thank you for her time with us. But yeah, I get to have some fun and hop on the podcast with you today. And that's never a bad thing. Uh, I'm saying so we are going to have a lot of fun. First, let's get into some interesting little news stories. We have, we have a few little things to talk about. One in random news um florida has banned a ripley's believe it or not book like i don't know why like okay girl Mm. um and ripley's is like you know what we counter we're going to give these books away to people so if you're a florida resident um up until may 15th this year you can apply to get the free book you just need a florida address listen i'll take it yeah, as my friend would say, some great news coming out of Florida is a good thing. So, oh um, a lot of Floridians down bad in my life right now, Bless but this hearts. is some good news. Yeah, that's great. Oh my yeah, goodness, good for Ripley's. The book band stuff is—it's like hard to keep up with at this point because it's just so ubiquitous. But I'm—I'm I'm glad that folks are doing what they can to counter it. And yay, Ripley's, go get you a free book. Yes, absolutely, and and in some news where I keep forgetting that Ben and Jerry's is about that life. They really Jerry's, are. They have. The I keep cream. waiting for them to disappoint me because that is how yeah. the world has done a lot of yeah. us. But no, they're consistently on like the right side of things on top of making delicious ice cream. <laughs> Even when it's not cool, like they were doing it before. Yeah, it was. You know what I mean? They Absolutely. have been about that. I'm like Ben and Jerry. Y'all are. Y'all are. <laughs> 
was about Probably to say invited great. to the cookout, but I get tired of people saying <laughs> I can tell. I so can tell. Erase, <laughs> forget that I said that. Benadryls, y'all are real cool. You You're know. Cool. So they have a came across I came across an article where they're talking about how people are trying to erase Black History Month. Florida. Not just Florida though. No, you unfortunately know, not. <laughs> other places too. So there is a great article they have talking about what you can do to fight against it. They have some history on it, some context. They um they're talking about this tour they went on with Colin Kaepernick about um giving away banned books in Florida. <laughs> I give Florida. Bless Sorry, her heart. Florida. We love you. But, yeah. 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 So that's really interesting. I'll link that in the show notes. Um, yeah. So that's that's pretty cool. I liked it because they did a pretty, I mean, if you ask anybody about right, specifically people like Kelly Jensen who cover the censorship beat with such a regular cadence, mm. um, it is just not new news, right? It's It's really been going on for years and years. And for better or worse, people are kind of starting to pay more attention now, which is obviously a good thing, but also it's like where you've been. Um, but I yeah. do like that Ben and Jerry's in this piece took like a really accessible just being like, okay, here, you know, I think it's five, five things that they related. Um, yes. And just made it very to the point. Like, here's, here's the thing. It's accessible. Here's why this is bad. Tackling everything from banning AP courses on African-American studies to CRT, which as they point out is like a really big, you know, people are, oh, you can't teach it in schools. And they're like, we, we, you don't, we don't teach it in K to no one is asking it's like a kindergartner college. to open up the 1619 project, like stop. Yeah. Um, but anyway, great, great ice cream. Great people. <laughs> as far as we can tell, go check that out though. It's, it's, I think really digestible in case you are really sort of just coming into the consciousness about what's going on. Here you go. Here's a nice primer. This is digestible. This is their ice cream. I don't know why it made me laugh. You said great people, great ice cream. I'm out here auditioning for a sponsorship, apparently. Listen, I'm not, but. <laughs> if they, listen Ben and Jerry, what do y'all, both of y'all, if y'all want to. I know? love me some tonight, though. I'm just going to okay. say. Um, a little Jerry Garcia. Jerry's going to That's what it's called. Yeah. <laughs> so, Ben and Jerry, you know what? Shout them out. Okay. So, I don't know if you saw this coming. I didn't see this coming, but Libby, which is the app that you can check out ebooks and audiobooks from your public library, local public library through, Libby is having, they're hosting Libby Book Awards. They're going to, they're, yeah. they're all, they've already, they've already given the book awards a nickname. They're like, oh, she's called Libby's. The Here Libby's. we are. <laughs> yeah. Libby's great like I'm glad to yeah. see them doing because obviously they have a lot of information on like the books that get checked out I personally like so much of my reading is done on Libby oh absolutely um we'll obviously provide links to like all of the stuff here but yeah they announced um at the top of the I think of like a top of the month really is when they first announced mm -hmm. that this was happening and we have reported on it at bookriot.com too um you actually wrote a piece on it because there's a lot of good to celebrate here yes and then there's there's a thing there's a little thing well, choices <laughs> choices were made Libby we love you better um so. yes, I'm doing hard hands at you Libby like yes. I'm down for you girl yes absolutely however <laughs> so yeah they did with 17 categories in mm -hmm. total um mm -hmm. including uh I mean some of the stuff you might like you know I guess expect to see in a book awards so there's finalists for best adult fiction adult nonfiction, YA audiobook of course would be very surprised if they didn't do audiobook uh, debut author um and you know again lots of great titles and this is the part that i feel so funny about is that within the each of those categories i see a fair amount of diversity which is mm -hmm. great and then 
they actually made a category called mm. best diverse author. Mm-hmm. This is where the chin hands. Mm. I am, I am a. You and I are both people that if you put us in a room, that group might be considered diverse. I am not a diverse. <laughs> you are not a diverse. Not, like, I am not a singular diverse. No. Um, and then, as you know, you pointed out in the piece that you wrote for Book Riot as well, it's like, well, what does that exactly mm. mean? Um, are we referring to race? Are we referring to ethnicity? Are we referring to gender identity? Like, I, questions. And it's sort of. Again, I don't mean to, I feel like we were both on the same page when I was yeah. reading your piece, but it feels like it contributes more to an othering in a way that not, you know, it's great when there's awards that are for specific, like, or for Latinx literature or for, yeah. you know, black literature. But this is very just like, for all the diverses, throw, you, you go, diverses. Ethnics. Here you go. Um ethnics in here. Liven it up. Plus, wow. like, other, because I don't believe Annalie Newitz is a BIPOC author, but like, again, so it's like, are we just saying... If you be marginalized, come and co- crush a cup of wine. Sorry, I just recently watched <laughs> Romeo and Juliet. Um, anyway, <laughs> so um, that's amazing. I yeah, like I I and again, the piece that sort of breaks my brain a little is that overall the award compared to so many award lists, even in you know the year of our Lord twenty twenty four, which are still very non diverse. Their list, from what I could tell, is actually pretty diverse. It's mostly diverse romance, romance, <sighs> you know, but like everywhere else, it's like. It's not starting startingly pretend I said that word correctly. It's not shockingly <laughs> non-diverse each group, each category yeah, of these books. Correct. They're pretty decent. Um, so it's like what was what was like what was the reason? What was huh? what was the reason? Yeah. yeah, what was the reason? In the words of the wise Cardi B. Indeed. Um Belkalis. Yeah. I get the yes. idea. I don't know that the execute. Yeah, I, I think yeah. really if you could have completely just scrapped that category at the last second yeah. and instead just gone with what we like to do as a practice of book right, right? Which is just to say that, hey, like people of color and other marginalized individuals just need to be in the room. We need a seat at the table. And as yeah. long as that is being recognized when you're doing these roundups of awards, that is the work, at least to me. Like, again, it's great to highlight these folks like in these very individual awards that we have in lots of different categories. That's great. But to just to be like the diverse for me anyway. Yeah, I also think it invites ridicule. Obviously, we're critiquing it, but we're critiquing it from a certain standpoint. We're critiquing it as people who support diversity and think, you know, see the value of it Mm -hmm. and the need for it. And I kind of just feel like it. I mean, you know, the other group of people who don't see it and, you know, anti-woke and all that, they have issues with things regardless. But I also feel like because it doesn't make sense, it just makes a point for them more, which might be a minor point. I mean, like I said, they're they gonna stay bad anyway, but true, true, true. Yeah. So I I'm I'm going to be tuned in to Libby, but I do wonder what she was thinking. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. It It does look, again, like a pretty decent list throughout and of course like i said they have um or like you said they have a young adult category and um there are some pretty good ones on there like the blackwoods by brandy colbert the davenports by crystal marquise divine rivals warrior girl on earth what the river knows which are all really great titles so we'll see we'll see how it shakes out I love it the covers for every single one of the books nominated too. They're just they're not that so that's nice. the reason they were nominated, but so so good. Yeah, maybe partially. Great. Covers are important. I don't know. They are. 
Yeah. Don't let anybody tell you they don't matter. There's a whole industry behind them. (laughs) But yeah. Literally. Excellent. Excellent covers. I, yeah, I need to, I don't think I've actually read any of these in spite of owning four of them. Right. Same. Well, I've started a lot of them. (laughs) (sighs) Such is life. That's how it goes. (laughs) Yes. So that's pretty much the news we wanted to cover today. We are going to get into what I promise I'm going to try to be brief in my description. So some of my favorite recent black YA, but I make no promises. (laughs) Listen. Looked at my notes and I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna need to shorten these on the fly." Yeah, yeah, we can call it passion, but yeah, (laughs) that's what we're gonna do today. I've read a couple of yours that you listed, and yes, I agree, they are very good. I love them. The ones that I've read of yours. Mm -hmm. Before we talk about those books, I'm gonna tell you about something that I am personally very, very proud of, and that is that 2024 is the 10th year of the Read Harder Challenge. Join us as we make our way through 24 tasks that are meant to expand your reading horizons and diversify your TBR. To get book recommendations for each task, you just have to sign up for the newly revamped Read Harder newsletter. And if you become a paid subscriber, you get even more recommendations, plus community features where you can connect with a community of really passionate and like-minded readers in what our editor, Danica Ellis, is calling a cozy and supportive corner of the internet. And wow, are they right? I have been in those comments. It's like, look at how, how pleasant, mm-hmm. lovely, and readerly this space is. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's a really good time. We're really proud of how long this product has persisted and how passionate people are about participating in the challenge every year. So visit bookriot.com slash readharder to sign up. Again, that's bookriot.com slash readharder. Yes, it is a cozy, little cozy corner of the internet. We love us cozy. Yes, it's very pleasant. Today's episode is brought to you by Greenleaf Book Group. No summer vacation should be without a great read. And I don't know about you, but I am partial to mysteries and thrillers for my hot month reads. It's hot girl reading summer always over here. And from the award-winning librettist of Legally Blonde, the musical and the screenwriter of Freaky Friday, Heather Hawk, comes the page-turning psychological thriller, The Trouble with Drowning. So when author Eden Hart floats into Tucson's Antigone books and all her dazzling perfection to give a reading, Kat, a struggling writer, can't help but compare herself. Thankfully, Kat's life starts to take on its own Eden-like glow when her literary future takes shape and she falls madly in love with Jacob. As demons from her past begin to surface, Kat's mental health craters and this halcyon dream slips through her fingers. For the fastest paced slow burn you won't be able to put down, be sure to check out The Trouble with Drowning by Heather Hawk on Amazon or your retailer of choice. And thanks again to Greenleaf Book Group for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Underlined. Haven't read a Natasha Preston thriller yet? We dare you to try. She's known for her line of chilling young adult suspense novels like The Cellar and The Fear. The New York Times and USA Today bestselling author excels at putting fear into the hearts of her readers. So her newest book, titled The Dare, is about five friends whose senior prank goes very, very wrong. This is the perfect graduation season read for thriller fans who can handle a good scare. The Dare is now available wherever books are sold. You can learn more about it at getunderlined.com. So again, this young adult thriller is about five friends with a prank that goes wrong. There are dark secrets, a twisty plot, and creepy I know what you did last summer vibes. So if you, you know, it's graduation season, you want to revel in that, but like make it scary. You know what I mean? 
Pick up the dare by Natasha Preston. And thanks again to Underline for sponsoring this episode. Okay. So, Vanessa, I see from the notes that you have, I think this is a new one by LaSalle Sambury. New-ish, yeah. They yeah. um let's see, when did I go? Yeah, I went to a book event for this last year, so I've owned it oh. for some time and just like hadn't gotten to it. Talk about another like fantastic cover. Um if yeah, we want to kind of just kick off. Shall I start talking about my first pick? Yes, please. Awesome. So yes, yeah, so Lizelle Sambury is the author of the Blood Like Magic books. And I got to see her in conversation with Aiden Thomas and my local pals, which is a lot of fun and immediately like had to buy this book because again, A, the cover is fantastic. It was being pitched and is as Haunting of Hill House meets Sadie. And I was like, mm. yeah, let's, let's do this. So it's about <laughs> two girls in two different timelines. First, we meet Daisy, who at the start of the book is like eating at a diner and it's clear she's been there for a really long time. Like uh, my coffee has long gone cold. It is maybe curdling. And also how slowly can one eat a piece of pie kind of long Hmm. Like, what is she doing here? We soon learn that she's lurking. She's there to spy on the boyfriend who just broke up with her. He is, I think, like across the street in like a much fancier sort of Instagrammable breakfast brunch location. And she's there to watch him with his new girlfriend, who's this very, you know, ostensibly <laughs> Western beauty standards, pretty white girl in a bandage dress, and like long, straight blonde hair. And she's in her head feeling very like she is everything that I'm not is this what he wanted the whole time was he using me sort of thing replaying all that in her head having a bad time and another thing oh by the way she kind of sees dead people oh and they're not particularly friendly more often than not so she's having again a bad time and so when her mom inherits a secluded mansion in northern Ontario this takes place in Canada um and it's this house where she remembers like spending her childhood summers and so she's like yes let's 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 do that let's get out of here but the house is not exactly what she was hoping it would be and then in the second timeline we get a whole decade later Brittany who is I can't remember if it's interning technically but working at this media company who basically tapped her and her bestie on their shoulders when their web series called Haunted went like wildly viral but of course now that they're working there all of that excitement that they had for their series is turned into like microaggressions all the way down and their boss doesn't want to green light their next season because they think it's too niche and i want to say it's because they were wanting to talk about like missing black girls so like maybe we should take a wider angle and instead they decide to they're still gonna like do a little bit of that like what happened but they're going to specifically talk about this haunted mansion and that mansion as you may be making the connection <laughs> is the one from the first part of the story and one that Brittany has a connection to because her abusive mom is a best-selling author who claims that her stay at that mansion is what, quote-unquote, like, allowed her to see the error of her ways. Mm. Survey says that is a lie. And Brittany is going to use this investigation to basically expose her mother's lies. And then as the story progresses, like, both of these, you know, Daisy and Brittany's stories, which are running parallel in the past, they kind of converge in a way that's very, ooh, okay, got it. Um, so if you love haunted house stories dual pov stories that confront racism for sure but also i kind of don't want to say other because then it's sort of a spoiler but i will definitely tell you off the top of the bat that this is full of trigger warnings the author actually mm. lists them all on the first page um definitely abuse like child abuse um there's mentions of sexual abuse most of the stuff if i remember correctly is off page which is great mm -hmm. but um it is in there but the story is so 
compelling. Like I could not put this down. I'm actually not all the way done. I still have like 20 pages left, but I loved it so much that I immediately knew I wanted to talk about it today. But I now need to go back and read the rest of Lizelle Sambury because this is just such a phenomenal read. So I kind of forgot awesome. about this one coming out. That's why I was like, wait, there's another one Lizelle has. I was like, oh, I is know. this the new one? This, the cover is amazing. This sounds amazing. And I'm like, I low-key forgot it's been out for like a year. Well, Yeah, I no, it really has. Like year. I went to that event last year and it's, yeah. I, I think I wish it got more hype. So the minute I knew I was yeah. going to be on the show with you, I was like very excited to be able to put this at the top of the list because I don't hear enough people talking about it. It's yeah. so, so great. Um, yeah, it sounds really, really good. It. All right, so I know how I'm spending my weekend. Ta-da. I know I have an arc, like an uh, an ebook arc of that somewhere. My uh, story of our lives. Exactly. Yes. Okay, so the one I have, my first up is Seven Minutes in Candyland by Brian Wasson. Um, so you know we live in a gig economy, and sophomore Calvin has this little side hustle going on where he's selling candy. You know, he's Gen Z, trying to make it work. Um, and he keeps the candy in the storage closet at school. So he's making some solid money, but it's not all sweet. The reason he's selling candy in the first place is because he's trying to save for a vacation to Hawaii, which sounds all well and good. It's like, okay, he's a sophomore in high school. Why is he trying to sell like sell candy for a Hawaiian vacation? He wants the Hawaii vacation because he thinks it'll help save his parents' marriage. Now, irony is ironying because his parents are two psychologists who run a couples podcast and are high key about to get divorced. So I don't know what you even do in that. Like, oh, we, like, how does that even work? Oh, I never know that with like couples uh, advice givers, like people who, yeah. Anyway, so, so Calvin thinks the beautiful Hawaiian setting is like romantic and will be enough to make them fall back in love to which I say, poor little Tink Tink. So oh. now <laughs> bless his heart. So <laughs> while he's on this like noble quest, one day this girl who's he who he has had this crush on since like forever her name is starling she winds up in his candy closet and he gives her relationship advice on the guy she's dating because she comes in there like kind of heartbroken things are going on and it's like like the advice was good but it might have also been given with some ulterior motives because again he has had a crush on this girl for a minute so it's like all right calvin it's a little it's getting a little murky right now so anyway he gives her advice. She receives it. She thinks it's good. The word spreads and people start coming to him for their own romantic entanglements, as Jada Pinkett Smith would say, and his reputation as a sort of like love doctor uh, is kind of aided by who his parents are, because remember, they have a relationship podcast. So then Calvin, ever the entrepreneur, ever the gig economist, starts charging for these sessions and then he gets a little caught up in it. His, his ego takes over a little bit and it like him getting caught up in it let's say extends to his friendships and he turns people off like people who he is close with um and once his parents basically confirm their divorce he realizes he needs those same friends those same people he kind of turned off earlier to help mm-hmm. him through this hard time and so through all these experiences his views of relationships change. And when I say relationships, I mean the full gamut. I mean romantic, familial, platonic, all that stuff. So 
It's like a little rom-com, you know, to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, I love when things look at not just romantic relationships, but the other relationships too, which yeah. I think are super important in our lives. So Seven Minutes in Candyland by Brian Wasson. That had completely slipped. I don't think I've even like clocked that title. I'm so glad you mentioned it. It sounds really great. Yeah, someone, they, uh, I forgot the publisher name, but they offered, the publicist offered me a finished copy. And the, the cover is really cute. Oh. Um, it's so pretty. So we're I cover queens, I obviously. Candyland and my brain went to like Candyman and I thought it was going to be horror. And I was over here like, ooh, I'm like, no, that no, no, Vanessa, that's <laughs> not what that means. You were old enough to have played Candyland. What are you talking about? Um, not that that's the same thing. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, tidbits fair. for the people um before we do my next pick why don't we take a break for a sponsor this episode is sponsored by the one that got away with murder by trish lundy robbie and trevor cressmont have enough wealth to ensure they'll never be found guilty of any wrongdoing even if everyone believes they're behind the deaths of their ex-girlfriends let us all take a collective angry sigh at that Lauren O'Brien, the new girl at school, has a dark past of her own, and she's desperate for a fresh start. Except when she starts a relationship with Robbie, her chance is put in jeopardy. During what's meant to be their last weekend together, Lauren stumbles across evidence that might just implicate Robbie. And after a third death rocks the town, she must decide whether to end things with Robbie or risk becoming another cautionary tale. This is an edge-of-your-seat YA thriller that's perfect for fans of Karen McManus and Holly Jackson. Make sure you pick that up now wherever books are sold. And thank you once again to The One That Got Away With Murder by Trish Lundy for sponsoring today's show. Today's episode is brought to you by Bloom Books. Charming, easygoing, and rich, Xavier Castillo has the world at his fingertips. He also has no interest in taking over his family's empire, but that hasn't stopped women from throwing themselves at him. Unless, of course, the woman in question is his publicist. The cool, the intelligent, the ambitious Sloan Kensington, who is a high-powered publicist who's used to dealing with difficult clients, but none infuriate or tempt her more than a certain billionaire heir with his stupid dimples and laid-back attitude. She may be forced to work with him, but she'll never fall for him because he's a client and that's all he'll ever be, right? Right, girl, like we all know. So just in case you didn't know, author Anna Wong is the best-selling author and book talk viral author of the Twisted Love series, the King of Sin series. Miss Wong, got it going on, okay? Make sure to check out King of Sloth by Anna Wong. And thanks again to Bloom Books for sponsoring this episode. Alrighty, I am so bad about keeping my description of this next book short, so... (laughs) (laughs) I have said that, but I'm going to try. And really, I don't even know that I need to go on very long about it because it's one that I think a lot of people have heard of by now. I just took forever to read it. And that's The Weight of Blood by Tiffany D. Jackson. Um, Apparently, I have decided to pick books with lots of trigger warnings, just racism, (laughs) so much racism, and then all manner of other related racist bullying, slurs, also child abuse, and some violence, some very bloody, gory violence. Uh, so you've probably seen this cover, and if you haven't, it's such a good one. It's, again, bloody. Bloody is the theme, and immediately lets you know that you are dealing with a Carrie remix. Carrie, of course, being the book by Stephen King, which was famously adapted into the movie starring Sissy Spacek. And I was slow to pick this one up for reasons of, I know how this story goes reasons, mm. which doesn't really make sense because I love an adaptation and a remix. But it just, I don't know, it, it took me a while to get to it. And when I finally did, I was... <laughs> 
I felt like when I watched Game of Thrones for the first time seven years after the series debuted, and I wanted to walk around telling people like shame, like I, like you're very late to this party. The ass, like what are you, are you doing? Serious? Oh, I was. Uh, I got seven swine flu years. and watched seven seasons of television in like three weeks and was very oh, like, hey, yo, remember the, the North remembers. Remember, it's like <laughs> well, we remembered and forgot. Like go away. By this um, time, that's amazing. That is how I feel about this book to some extent. But now that I've read it, I'm like this. This book is genius. Like why are more so people? Good. Still talking about it, I guess. We but. actually did a, uh, I don't know if you caught it or if you remember or whatever, but <gasps> we forgot. did a book club yes. pick a read of this uh, not too long after it came out. I think 2022 for 20, Halloween-ish. Yep. Yes. You're right. We got it. We, yes. So we totally, I'm on the same page. I see. Mm-hmm. Well, that in that case, that gives me even more reason to like kind of keep it short because there, there is a whole book club episode. We will link to it. You can listen to it. But yeah, it's basically, you know, what if we made Carrie, but instead... A, make the book read like a true crime book, like it weaves in podcast episodes and news reports and sworn testimony, and it's definitely doing the story in reverse. Like you find out from the very beginning that something really bad and bloody happened on a prom night and that Maddie did it. The podcast referenced in the book is called Maddie Did It, and it is sort of reconstructing (laughs) what happened, Maddie being a biracial teen in Springville, Georgia, who... Uh, just 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 go back and listen to their episode mm. <laughs> but it is i what tiffany jack T, D, D jackson did with that i don't even know how people's brains work in those ways and make those connections mm. but i'm so glad that they do like to take this story and go no what if we made it about mm-hmm. a biracial teen who goes to a school that still has segregated proms <laughs> and a, like a horrible horrible father who has made her absorb those feelings of you know racism and colorism for herself and like the explosive effects that something like this would have on a girl who's just daily subjected to the worst parts of humanity um so good i i want to put this in everybody's hands like i cannot this is probably one of my favorite sort of remixes of an Mm -hmm. existing work that i've read in a while for just what a deep analysis of social issues it does in this really compelling and very bloody bloody very like retribution (laughs) type of story Mm -hmm. so yeah please go listen to that episode and read the book it's so so good and really phenomenal on audio because of that yes format like it's just you really will forget sometimes that you are listening to a book and not a podcast um it's it's that good so anyway love it i'll shut up (laughs) the weight of blood by (laughs) tiffany d jackson Oh my god! Now I want to kind of reread it. The pot, yeah. The the audio book is excellent because oh, of the podcast. So Ex, uh, full cast. I love a full cast. Yes, and I will say too. One more thing on the weight of blood. Um, Please. I will say I usually just my personal thing for whatever reason I don't really like how done it's. I don't like knowing the. Fl- I like to mm. be surprised. I don't super like. Sometimes I do. I, I it's probably just if it's Depends done well. Depends on the to person doing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like now that I think about it, I have read some things, and I'm like, oh, you know, <laughs> I've been watching the TikTok Risa Tisa. I don't know if you heard about sis. And she <laughs> thanks so to your I newsletter. Will, I did. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> also, did you real quick? This is important to <laughs> this podcast. breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking in books. Breaking in podcasts. Um, what episode are you? I had to finish it last night. I stayed up till two a.m. I still have a lot more to go because I thought it was a. T- I really did think it was hyperbole that someone yeah. said, "Oh, this is like a fifty, no. you know, video series." I was like, "Oh yeah, they probably 52. don't mean that." So no. I am now moving on instead to like a YouTube. Um, somebody like compiled them all in one. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm gonna do that. 
Okay. Um, so and then, so we swear this this little breaking thing is related, which is that is. like a how done it, if you will, yeah. or a thing where you know the outcome already mm-hmm. uh, can be really interesting if the it is not set up otherwise. Like if you, all you do is put the thing that happened at the beginning and then just tell the same story the way you would have, like that's I don't think all that interesting. Yeah. But when you slowly reveal pieces of information, make people's allegiance to characters shift when they dig into the nuance of each of the characters and like what their particular yeah motivations and just t- that and that's what tiffany jackson did here is yeah. there's still I, I like also that she doesn't let anybody off easy like there's mm-hmm. not necessarily like a, oh you're a good person now at the end and you know who i'm talking about i think but uh absolutely i forgot but there is definitely name. like a oh but also it's you can just change you can be a good person and yeah. it's never the wrong time to do the right thing but Anyway, yeah. go read this. It's bloody and good. And I mean, it's when so I good. I didn't think it was going to be that kind of bloody. And I was like, yes, finish him. Um, anyway. <laughs> really Hit her, get her again, Jade. Get, get her, her again. again. Yeah. So good. Okay. Yes. We should podcast um, more often. <laughs> Tell us about your next pick. <laughs> yes. So my next pick is titled Out of Body by Nia Davenport. I briefly mentioned this during, I think, my latest uh, extra credit episode. And it was just to say that it was coming out newly. Um, I didn't get too much into the description. So this is about Megan, who is 17. She lives in Atlanta. And she's not very sure of who she is. She, you know, and that and that's understandable at this age. Like the 17 to 22 time for a lot of people is like when they're trying on different identities. And that's kind of like what she does. Yeah. She kind of hops from different social groups trying to find which identity, which group suits her best. Then she meets this girl, Elsie, who kind of like appeared as if from heaven, like from the gods. Because Elsie is just... All that Megan wants to be for herself. She's charismatic and she just has this like big it girl energy. So they become besties. But again, as with the Candyland, you know, it ain't all sweet. So one funky morning, Megan wakes up and eventually realizes that she's not Megan anymore. She's LC and LC has stolen her body. Gag. Megan tries to get her to switch back. She's like, hey, girl, can you <laughs> imagine that? Like, hey, girl, like, so, you know, I wasn't going to say anything. But like, could you, could you give me my, I'd be like, could you give me my body back? Like, twirls no. her hair. <laughs> Not yet. Exactly. No. <laughs> she kind of like ignores her. And um, she tries to, she starts to just assume Megan's identity is instead, like, starts to melt into Megan's life. Right. And Megan is starting to trying to adapt to this new reality because you can't just go around being like, Oh, actually mom and dad or whatever. Like I'm actually Megan, but even though I'm in a different body, but I'm Megan. So, you know, she has to, Mm -hmm. she has to make some concessions. So she starts to get used to living in this body. And then she realizes like, you know what? I really never knew this girl else. (laughs) I really don't know her. Not for real, not for real. And what's more, there are people after Elsie Meaning that they're now after Megan. And I'm just like, I kind of almost applaud you if you have enemies like that at such a young age. I'm like, what are you into? What have you been doing? (laughs) I'm just like, that's kind of amazing. I'm like, I almost want, like, I don't want that smoke, but I I have moments of drama. Like, what what were you into, girl? Like, (laughs) fantastic observation. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm just like, what you been getting into? Like, um, so, okay. So she's trying, Megan. Now Elsie, or just a girl named Jade, 
uh, she's trying to find her way back to her body, her old life, of course. Um, but she's also starting to lose herself. So there are some interesting mm. observations there. I will leave you to read the rest to get to the bottom of how and why Elsie swapped bodies. But we'll just say that I live for the plot twists and the fast pace of this one. So there's that. Again, that's Out of Body by Nia Davenport. Yep. Adding that to the list immediately. Yep. <laughs> I say this on every podcast and or like opportunity I get to, but like being in this job is wonderful. Um, But what we'll absolutely do is destroy Destroy. your TBR because you are constantly either editing people's content, talking about content, listening to other people tell you about their favorite content and every day it grows. Um, So yeah, here we are. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Sounds great. It's real out here. I love my next pick so much. It's witchy. It's planty. You know, I, personally i'm a plant killer but i like to think that i would not be and um i've kept like two alive but anyway this book is so just botanical and again witchy and lovely and also this author so that book is this poison heart by kaylin baron kaylin needs to not needs to do you get that coin but has been writing so much that i'm like give me a second Mm. to catch up with your catalog because they are the author of or she is the author of cinderella's not dead you're not supposed to die tonight she has a story in Night of the Living Queers, which is this really awesome YA horror anthology. And then another story called Mermaids Never Die or in, in the anthology called um, Mermaids Never Die. And I want to, oh my gosh, I think there's there's definitely a sequel to this book. And I want to say has another one coming. Like there's just, just writing and like writing such phenomenal work. This one is mm-hmm. about a young woman named Berseus, who I love because it's a name from mythology. Uh, she has a gift, which is that with a single touch, she can grow plants from tiny seeds to being fully bloomed. She's kept the power kind of to herself. Uh, she hides from most people other than from her adoptive mothers. And she's been kind of trying to hone and harness the gift, but she's had what I like to call some planticular mishaps. I'm way too proud of what is not all that cool a word, but uh, she refrains from testing them out too much, lest she cause even more harm than she already has in the past. Uh, and then one day, Briseis' aunt dies, and she leaves Brie a dilapidated, dilapidated, I can say that word, estate in rural New York. So Brie and her moms hope that, surrounded by plants and flowers, that she'll finally learn to control the gift. But this new home, because apparently I came here to talk about haunted homes, is sinister in ways that they never expected. It comes with a set of instructions there's this walled garden that is filled with like the deadliest plants in the world and generations worth of secrets. So there's more to this sudden inheritance than Brie was, you know, expectant or ready for, but she's determined to figure out what it all is and cover it and make sense of it. The sequel is called This Wicked Fate, which I have not yet read, but I'm excited to get to. So again, if you want like a haunted house story, you love plants, witchiness, communing with nature, getting to see black girl magic, and also just has fall vibes in ways Mm. that I don't know, or I don't even remember if it's set in the fall, but I read it in the fall and it felt perfect for that time of year. I would read it any old time, of course, but such a good story. I I love it. And again, stunning with the cover. It's just Mm -hmm. so, so great. So So anyway, really, really phenomenal. I want to read it again. That's This Poison Heart by Caitlin Barron. I have a question for you, Vanessa. Please. Because I got a little, I got a little witchy, more, I got a witchy book in the shout out section, like if we have time. Mm-hmm. But while we're on the subject, if you were in a fantasy book, YA, let's say, and you have powers, what kind of witch would you be? Would you be a plant witch, an elemental? 
Like what telekinesis? The number of times I've asked myself this question. Yes, and I know. The answer know is always have. like, what kind of problem am I having right now? <laughs> well, like, like I, I was, there's times when I'm like, no, I would love to have like botanical magic, especially if yeah. that meant that I could make plants do literally whatever I wanted, whether that's like bloom and be beautiful or like attack that man. Attack um, him. Or, eat you know, him. whatever. Yeah. Um, or don't eat him. Yeah. Correct. And there's other times <laughs> when yeah, I'm like, no, I'd want elemental magic. I would want to be, it really just depends on like what's going on. But the Fair. plants in particular, for whatever reason, just really speak to, mm. yeah, thy, like witchy. I, I would also like use it to probably open like an apothecary. And because yes. that's where my lane, absolutely. I want to live my best practical magic life, but like more diverse. Best I'm a diverse. Um, you <laughs> circling back. Let's circle back. back. Um, yes. Yeah. But so yeah, probably something <laughs> along those vibes. But again, catch me on a day when like I have another problem and I'm like, no, I need to be able to like turn red lights green. Um, but what would you choose? Oh, I think I think I would want to be other things, but I'd probably probably be like water, like a little yeah. water witch, Ooh, just like a little, water. you know, go with the flow. I feel like it's probably basic. There's probably something else more interesting, but I'm like, uh, probably because I like right now, I know I couldn't be a plant witch, even though that sounds so romantic to me because um, plants die. Honey, they look yeah. at me. They're like, uh, there's a dead. We, we choose death. <laughs> we choose, they're like eh. a dead plant in my corner right now that I'm looking at. And, but that's my cat. That's my cat. She ate the. She mm. dug up the roots. Yeah. She's a little gremlin. Yeah. But yeah. Oh my god! Amazing. Oh, speaking of more magical things, the next mm-hmm. book I have to recommend is Infinity Alchemist by Kaysen Callender. Yes. Kaysen be doing the darn thing. Yes. And so if you read anything by them, you know that they write bangers. So this is for the dark academia lovers. Um, so it follows Ash, who lives in a world of alchemy and class divisions. So a little interesting, you know, observations on social structures and hierarchies and things like that. So he wants to practice and learn alchemy, but is rejected by the elitist Lancaster Mages College. And so becomes the groundskeeper for the school instead, so he can be on his sneaky time and learn alchemy in secret. So, but then you get big old messy Ramsey, who is a very talented apprentice, about the same age as Ash, like late teens or so. Um, Ramsey discovers Ash in the act of, you know, trying to learn alchemy and decides to get something out of it. So they say that they won't tell on Ash if he helps them find this book called the Book of Source, which is supposed to be this sacred legendary text that can give its owner all this power, right? So naturally, Ash is like, you know, don't tell 5-0, whatever. And this, so they start <laughs> to work together. And it gets a little heated, if you know what I'm saying. But it also gets a little dangerous, okay? Because, like, obviously, like, the Book of Source, you know, people are trying to guard it. Other people are after it. There are all these dangerous alchemists standing in their way. And one of them just might be Ash's trifling daddy. Ooh. All right. Tears and I have spoken before a few times about the recurring trifling daddy uh, <laughs> theme in YA. It is yeah, what it is. Ash a got a trifling raggedy daddy. It, it is what it is. Um, so their journey takes them through this magical world that Calendar has brilliantly fleshed out. And I don't know about you, but I love a magical quest. Oh, I, lo- deeply. I love a magical little, little quest, little trip especially a magical queer quest with an interesting magical system so i live i live 
Um, again, that's Infinity Alchemist by Case and Calendar. And Vanessa, I'd love to hear your next pick after we hear from one more sponsor. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, um, my voice is cracking very deeply, um, <laughs> as though I was about to give like a sad monologue. No, I just have allergies, but apparently from my pics, you can tell that I am very deeply in my genre bag these days for yes. reasons of the world being trash at every turn. Um, so yeah, I have another book that is <laughs> very much in that vein. These all kind of tip a little bit into no kind of horror, but anyway, so that is mm-hmm. the taking of Jake Livingston by Ryan Douglas, which is one of my favorite reads from... Oh, shoot. Now I can't even remember if it was last year or the year before. But Jake Livingston is 16. He's a student at this prep school where he's one of very, very, very few black students. And as one might expect in that situation, it means he has to navigate all kinds of, you know, everything. There's a theme, racism, microaggressions. I want to also very quickly point out, which I think is well established in this Poison Heart, that we should all be reading books about black joy as well. Not everything has to be about racism and microaggressions. I deeply know this. I just happened to have picked some real bangers (laughs) this time to talk about. But so this um, one day, a very handsome new student arrives at this academy called St. Clair Prep. His name is Alistair. Great name. He's another black student. And Jake is like, wow, from Mm. the moment he sees him. Jake is gay, but he's dealing with the stress of being closeted. But seeing Alistair and spending time with him, he starts to think that maybe like a romance could be a thing in his future. Like maybe he's ready to deal with all of these feelings he's been keeping to himself. But that's not all that Jake is dealing with because, again, an accidental theme, but he also sees dead people. He, like, I did <laughs> not intend this to shake out this. I know. I'm sorry. I did not mean to. I literally just picked, like, <laughs> what are the ones that I loved? And this is what I came up with. Amazing. I love it. I also watches. love this one though. So it's so good. It's like so so he, good. he watches the dead play out their last moments on a loop. Mm. So, and he like uh, there's not really much that he can do. The ghosts are generally harmless, but he's kind of learning that he's able to act as a medium and help them move on to the next place. So I really love this particular take mm. on like the seeing dead people thing because he mm-hmm. has a role in like helping them finally get you know to to rest in peace. That is until Sawyer Dune happens, who Sawyer is a white student who committed a mass shooting at a neighboring Mm, high school mm, mm. and then died by suicide himself. So this ghost is very much not harmless and seems to be breaking all the rules that he he basically decided were the case with these ghosts. Like, well, they're not violent. They're not vengeful. They're not cruel. Sawyer is all three of those things. And he has his eyes or sights set on Jake, clearly wanting to possess him and use Jake's body so many accidental themes this show to commit more atrocities from beyond the grave. Mm. So he's got 
newfound buddy named Fiona, and then there's the aforementioned hottie, Alistair. They all hop in to assist Jake in this quest to hopefully figure out what's going on with Sawyer, defeat him, or like have him move on and to protect the people that he loves. So again, a book that is just dripping in social commentary, how everyday racism and microaggressions and discrimination are really isolating and exhausting, and that that affects not just the people who that is normally the target of, but also the people who inflict it, and how the pressures of dealing with, again, you name it, are really hard for young people and like the, the struggles basically that this like next generation of youth feel and everything from having to decide their identities to mm. people deciding their, their identities for them. But it is such an interesting, again, take on like the haunted, the ghosty, the reasons that people haunt, like what haunts them. Mm-hmm. It was great. It is dark as you probably picked up. So again, trigger warnings for the racism, for violence, for also some like sexual assault stuff that again is mostly off page. Mm-hmm. But I could not stop reading this book when I was it's going so through it. Like I meant to finish it slowly and ended up housing it, I think, in like a day and a half because I was just like, well, what, what, how's this going to go? How's it going to go? And it went in a way I didn't quite see coming. It also so. has a – did you ever watch Avatar, the yeah. animated series? It mm-hmm. has like a little Avatar moment. You mm-hmm. know how he would talk yep. to his – to his yeah. avatars that came before him. And in that moment, I was like, yes, get her, Jake. Get her. Oh, so much. It was so oh, good. It was so good. So, yeah, <sighs> read The Taking of Jake Livingston by Ryan Douglas. Um, Ryan Douglas has a very good Twitter name. <laughs> Just a side note. Okay. Very funny. Um, I, I like no, I, right now and I'm immediately going to look it up. Anyway, go I'm ahead. Like, you, gotta, <laughs> you should look it up. Uh, yes. I love that one. I think I read it in like 2021 and I still remember a lot of it. Because, you know, like... I don't know. I'd be forgetting stuff. Oh, like, yeah, absolutely. I read that. How was it? It was good. It what was, happened? There were people. There was a there was a place and a thing. It was uh, a yeah. Thing. And then the other thing happened. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then it ended. And then, <laughs> and then it ended. So next one I have is Thieves Gambit by Kavion Lewis. Mm-hmm. So back a little, a little while back, we made some predictions on what would be popular this year in YA what tropes and themes and genres and subgenres and genre combinations, all that good stuff. And I remember mentioning heist because there are a couple heist young adult books coming out in 2024. So this can be added to the heist list, though it did technically come out just last year, but like at the kind of end of the year in September. Mm. So anyway, this is heisty, heisty fun. So because of that, the plot is very extra. But heists in general are extra. Mm -hmm. You already know what you're about to get. It's an extra little thing. So this is about 17-year-old Ross Quest, who comes from a long line of master thieves. And at her young age, she's basically a master thief herself. Or I should just say that she is one. The book opens up with her. She's like shoved into some small space, waiting for people to leave so she can pop out and do what she has to do. She like steals stuff with her mom all over the country, the world really. So there's that. So Despite all these thrills um, that her life brings, like I said, her and her mom going around the world stealing things, X, Y, Z, and her whole, you know, line of the line of thieves that she mm-hmm. descends from. She really just wants to be, she just wants a normal life. Like, she just want to go to camp. She's like, can I just, can I go get a McDonald's and like watch TV? <laughs> I, I just want to be on TikTok, bro. Like, That's I'm not it. trying to steal like Fabergé eggs or nothing like that. Like, <laughs> she just want to have a seat. So um, she's trying to leave the life. And then her mom gets kidnapped and held for ransom to get the Oof. ransom to get her mom free. 
she has to enter a contest. Now here again, a little extra contest is called the Thieves Gambit. And it's a contest where the top teen thieves compete by carrying out heists. Where they could die, I should say. That's a big, that's a big thing. It's like they could, you know, Oof. you could die. Uh, by the way. So like I said, it's very extra, but it's fun. There's also a potential boo thing, a longtime mm. rival. And again, I think it's amazing to be so young and have a long a rival, like like a nemesis. Like, girl, what are you doing? Well, we know what she's doing. She's stealing stuff. So there you <laughs> go. Like, well, <laughs> well, she's stealing stuff around the world. So that you will know. that is rival inducing. Um, <laughs> and it has other heisty hijinks. Like it's a whole bunch of fun. Like it's a little heist, you know. Um, again, that's Thieves Gambit by Kavion Lewis. I want to say too, correct me if I'm like off base, but I've, I I like seeing a diverse <laughs> to put it. <laughs> let me yep. stop. Um, I like to see this type of genre and things happening with uh, more diverse authors and with Absolutely. diverse characters. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's getting dicey. It's fun. It's, it's like a lot going on. I can see this being adapted. You know, Netflix likes, yes. you know, Netflix goes to Goodreads to get their next uh, screen. Oh, they definitely just like plays. scroll point. Like, <laughs> like uh, Goodreads yeah. newsletter down, like, please. So, yes, this is a fun one. Uh, I'm going to give a really, 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 really fast bonus, right? Because it's not by a black author, but it is by a very beautiful uh, author named Roshni Chakshi. She's um, phenomenal. But the Gilded Wolves series, which is also heisty. If you want to talk mm. about extra, do it on audio. It Ooh. takes place during like Belle Epoque Paris. And um, <gasps> what some of the characters go straight. <laughs> I can't even decide. It sort of sounds like the chef on board Little Mermaid. Like one of the characters' name is Severin. But he, every time he says it, he's like, Severin. <laughs> it is the most <laughs> dramatic heisty there's like a secret legacy and magic yes. and it's like beautiful they do like fabrication mm -hmm. magic so anyway roshni chakshi chakshi is a just a beautiful like human but writes really good books but that heist talking about extra go look it up <laughs> yes that's a perfect yes please okay listen <laughs> really oh my goodreads tbr screams i know i know i know it screams do yes. we have time for our little shout out section? If we make we it gotta, very brief. Yeah, we got, we got some little time. Mm -hmm. I will keep mine very, very brief because I know I've been talking for a while, but two others. So I was going to talk about um, the book that Tirza recently recommended in her last episode or one of her recent episodes of Hey YA Extra Credit, which is Escaping Mr. Rochester by L.L. McKinney, who you may know as the author of Nubia and The Blade So Black. Uh, that's not what the series is called. That's the book, uh, the Nightmareverse series. But it's basically a reimagining of Jane Eyre where Jane Eyre and Bertha Mason, kind of getting into spoilers here. Do I need to give a spoiler for an old ass book? But um, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say what I just said. <laughs> we will beep it if I need to. Um, but uh, they join forces to save each other from Mr. Rochester. And it is queer and delightful. And that is all I will say because, again, there's a whole episode about the book more or less. But... Another one that I really wanted to give a, just a quick shout out to is this anthology, anthology called Wild Tongues Can't Be Tamed. It's mm. by Saricia Fennell, Saricia J. Fennell. She's the founder of Bronx's Reading and sits on the board, or at least did, I don't know if she still does, of um, Latinx and Publishing. But it's just an essay and poem collection by and about people from the Latinx diaspora. And it does the... All the stories and poems just sort of confront myths and stereotypes about the community, everything from discussions of religion and identity to like topics that are taboo to even discuss within our community and to mm. understand that we are diverse, that we're not a monolith, that like, for example, when you say Black and Latinx, those are not mutually exclusive. There are mm. Afro-Latina people. Please remember that more folks. 
Uh, so anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a really great connection that kind of brings a lot of that home. So go look that up. That is Amazing. by J. Vanell. Yeah. Yes. I have a couple shout outs too. I have another little witchy, little witchy ditty mm. called The Making of Yolanda La Bruja by Lorena Villa. Yay. And this is a um, basically a young bruja trying to come into her own, but also protect her community because someone shows up at her school and his his vibes are funky, funky vibes. He's not, you know, he's, mm. he's his his era, his aura i mean to say it's not given what it needs to give so there's that and then also a non-fiction because i always say i'm going to read more non-fiction and i usually <laughs> fail in terms Don't of how much i want to read <laughs> i'm not trying to attack both of us but i am attacking both of us um this is freedom the story of the black panther party by jenna grace martin joshua bloom and waldo e martin jr and i think it's pretty self-explanatory it's a um, non-fictional account of the black panther party mm. um the major players um huey bobby eldridge kathleen some of them are messy one of which i just mentioned but you know <laughs> it's um black history Panthers is messy were, yeah history is messy and i just want to say real quick that kids get free breakfast in schools because of black panthers mm-hmm. can i just say one that my real favorite quick? facts yes yep. I'm like, did you know? And they were trying to, they being the powers that be, the man. I'm, I have my fists raised right now. I'm just like, <laughs> um, the man, because you got to fight the man. Let me stop. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were trying to stop them, like convince white people that they shouldn't accept the free food that they were trying to give, like the Black Panthers were trying to give <sighs> people for their kids so they would have breakfast if they couldn't afford it. I just want to say that real quick. Yep. All right. I just want to put that out there. So, yes, those are my shout outs. Um, yeah, so I feel like that's that's our show today. Yeah, there's thankfully so much more great, diverse, but yeah, like <laughs> books now than there used to be. And again, this is a thing I feel like I say on just about every piece of media I record. But these are books that when I was young, I would have loved to have seen just yeah. have folks that didn't all look like one kind of person. And it's yeah. so great. There's still plenty of room or, and work to be done in publishing as far as diversity goes. But just this, I mean, the fact that we were arguing over like how much time could we take mm-hmm. to talk about more and more books is such a nice problem to have. These are all such yeah wonderful pieces of literature, such wonderful authors. And I hope we get even more and more and more in the years to come. For real. I accidentally said I agree 100%. So thank you for tuning in this week. Please leave feedback about the show on Apple Podcasts to let us know how we're doing and to help others find us. Email us at heyya at bookriot.com. And don't forget to visit bookriot.com for newsletters, more podcasts, and all things bookish. Thanks again to today's sponsors for helping make the show possible. And thanks to our awesome audio editor, Caitlin Brame. You can follow me on Twitter. Don't judge me, y'all. At Erica underscore E-Z-E underscore. And Vanessa, where do you, where do you hang out? I share your shame about being on Twitter, um, but look, it's just where the mess lives. It's and also on Instagram, both at the same handle, which is Buenos Dias SD, where the Dias is like my last name. That's so clever. I love it. All right. Thanks for being on. It was so fun. It was a great time. Thank you. Hey, yes. Way, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Thank you again for listening. We'll catch you then. Bye.